Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by PwC, who we're delighted to be partnered with. Uh, whether you're in first year, final year, or anywhere in between, PwC will have a program for you. So if you want to go and look at their programs, you go to www.pwc.ie forward slash student. Have a look at all the programs and apply there on the site. There's a lot of value there uh, for any student, no matter what stage you're at. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. We're very lucky to have today Laura McGettigan with us, who is an associate in the corporate finance team of PwC, Grad Life's new partner. So Laura, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me, Mark. Delighted to be here. So I looked at your LinkedIn and you did very, very well in college in uh, B&L and UCD with much better grades than I could ever have uh, aspired to have gotten. Have luck, have study. Um, yeah, no, I had a, I had a great time in college. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this or maybe are in BNL or in a similar course, and they know there's a great social side to these kind of courses, which is fantastic. And um, really so I think actually. unbelievable. And the amount of people you meet, the amount of people who then go on to different careers. Um, I still see all my friends from college almost every weekend, and so I'm really lucky in that aspect. And and then I guess the grades just came down to picking what suited me and then it was enjoyable to study. So, for example, I liked finance, I liked economics in my final year when I was allowed to have a bit of, bit of wiggle room. I, mm. um, I chose them instead. I actually started off in social justice and I did a kind of career change quite quickly and started off there and then realized I might have been niching myself a bit too early. And I was more interested in business than I'd anticipated. So after um, four months in that course, I kind of went, I'd done my Christmas exams and I had gotten enough points originally for BNL anyway. So they let me make the transition. But definitely where I am now is quite different to back then. <laughs> Interesting. So I was going to ask, like, why did you choose BNL as a course? So you were originally kind of going for the L side of things. And then you realized that there was a, a more long term interesting business there as well. Absolutely. So if I actually think back back, um, I had been really into the idea of law with social justice. It was a new course, was really excited about it. Uh, my friend's sister was in um, law and she said go for business and law because, sorry, my sister's friend, I said friend's sister, my sister's friend um, had recommended that I go for business and law instead. I changed it before I went on my sixth year holiday got back the CAO was closing in about 10 minutes and I was like no I want to do I want to do law and social justice I'm going to change it again and so I ended up getting law and social justice and then ended up deciding it was the wrong decision for me and went back to business and law so it was a bit of a roller coaster but I ended up where I think I was meant to be so so what I'm interested in so you've done B&L and you've obviously gone down more the business route than the L route uh, and, and mm -hmm. we'll probably talk about that and the Arthur Cox internship and that sort of thing but it seems to me that your relationship with law started off then on this kind of like social justice angle. And then mm. you threw that towards business. How That part of you that's interested in social justice, how is that still exercised or how have you kind of dealt with that over the years? The reason I ask this question, it's going to be a lot of people who have that relationship with law starting out and they want to go and do this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, driven by ideals, which are, I think, brilliant to be driven by and then other things might happen or they might just kind of find themselves moving toward the business world but still looking to scratch that social justice itch to some extent how have you yeah. kind of dealt with that in your in your journey 
No, absolutely. So um, I think one of the reasons I found that firstly, um, business was better for me maybe than social justice was social justice was a passion or an, an interest um, and something I definitely wanted to be working in. I like to help people. I would like to make the world a better place. But I think when I sat down and thought about it, it wasn't something that I needed in my career to be happy. Um, whereas, and I could, as you were saying, I could scratch that itch in different ways. So mm. when I decided at the beginning, maybe I was pigeonholing myself a bit too much at the beginning. Um, and now, to be honest, like I'd love to say I'm part of some amazing activist groups or um, I do all these amazing things. Currently, I'm kind of in the working world, just trying to keep going, trying to see my friends, trying to still, they say like after a year, you'll figure out exactly your work time, like how, where you can balance your time. But it's always a struggle to even figure out, well, I want to see my friends. I want to do well in work. I want to follow other interests. Like I run a little business on the side as well. So um, I definitely have lots of ideas on how I could become a lot more humanitarian in future, but I wouldn't say that I'm definitely completely succeeding in uh, scratching that itch at the moment. Yeah. One of the things I'd often say to students is like, when they have this vision for, okay, this is how I want my life to be. I want to be doing a bit of social justice, make good money, have career, whatever. If you're ever trying to walk somewhere, unless you walk really weird, one foot goes in front of the other and then the other catches mm -hmm. up and goes ahead for a while. And, and so it is through life with this stuff. Like sometimes career will come first. You just put that foot in front of the other. Then maybe you can take a big social justice step and do it for a few years or whatever, do a project and, you know, so on and so forth. And, you don't have to have it all planned out perfectly and, and kind of working in symbiotically the whole time. It can just be step by step and period by period kind of thing. Exactly. Someone once told me, never plan your your life more than three years ahead because you just never know where you'll be. And I think it's such good advice because I am a planner. I love planning out and I get really like nervous sometimes if it doesn't go my way. So sometimes I'm like, well, if I do this and what if I can't do this and what if I can't do this? And then she's like, chill out. Like, yeah. it's all going to work out. If you're working hard now, you're going to reap the benefits. Don't be worrying about seven years down the line because there's nothing you can do now apart from work hard that's going to change that. I'm huge on that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so back to the law thing, you you come in, do B&L. You kind of, you know, weighing the two of them up and you end up getting this internship in Arthur Cox, which is one of the best law firms out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was really lucky. And I think what's also important to point out there is um, I got that internship, but the like the law firms are really hard to get into. Like I had first tried to get the traineeship and I had like hadn't gotten it. And I was really disappointed. And I know loads of people go through this when they're going through grad recruitment. It's It's hard, like it's really tough when you think you want this job and you're so like, well, this is what I meant to be doing. And then you you don't get chosen and you're devastated. Um, but then you just have to pick yourself up and try again. So I got the internship. And what's funny is I also then applied for the internship to PwC, which I would have never done if I had got the training contract in the law firm. And so I did the internship in both those places that summer. Loved both, but actually realized that business was way more suited to my skills and to my and um, just what I was interested in. And having gone through college thinking that I was definitely going to be doing the law side of things, and mm. um, it was actually a real surprise when I then realized maybe corporate finance is actually more for me. Um, I went through so many scenarios in my head. As I said, I loved to plan things. I was gonna ask I, you about that. Yeah, <laughs> as a planner, was that hard to digest? 
it's so hard like I had gone to my friends and I was like okay so I've decided I'm going to do corporate finance and I'll have my accounting exams then I'm going to go back do a grad contract in one of the law firms because most people take those two years out anyway I could probably do my FE ones at the same time as I'm doing my grad contract and then I could just be double qualified and they're like no like don't, don't do that <laughs> I was like, but it makes so much sense and everyone was like this is insane you need to figure out what you want to do yeah. so I figured it out like the internship was just so much fun I met such great people and I had the exact very similar experience in Arthur Cox amazing people really interesting work I think and um, business just probably um I don't know just spoke to me more I saw more opportunities for myself in it um and even though I had a great time in both I just ended up then um, going down the business route I literally finished up my um Isaac Fox internship and then a few weeks later I think like a week or two later I was back in the grad program in PwC so oh, quick so turnaround yeah. um but yeah, no I think I'm um, both excellent career choices um but just because all your friends maybe are going for one and it is a huge thing like the salaries the starting salaries and stuff are different but always remember there's two you usually are waiting two years before you go into your law grad program so it mm -hmm. does all even out and don't let that define where you want to go because everything evens out over five six years anyway so it's a it's a silly motivation and also just because all your friends are doing something it's okay not to do it and to go for what suits you totally and then like you know further to that there's a good saying that your 20s are for learning and your 30s are for earning so you shouldn't be look, looking at a small difference in salary kind of or allowing that to change the course that you're on um exactly. i've got a question that'll appeal to the planner in you right so before yeah. you move off the whole college thing bnl four-year course what's the perfect summer schedule there do you do if you know you're going to do business do you just do business uh, internships or should you do law ones you have to probably get a j1 in there like how would you plan yeah. for, for someone going um, okay so let me think through i think as well always remember first year and second year don't count um for well for me anyway it was four semesters and it counted towards my final gpa i think it's really important to continue doing well um like i always think if you have the opportunity to learn you should learn um I'm, i really enjoy learning so do that but like don't kill yourself go out make friends like college is just as much about meeting people that you are going to have lifelong relationships with as it is about getting a piece of paper at the end probably more so about building relationships even um so first year um i did interrailing with my friends loved it and um, you end up seeing half the world as you go across europe on trains it's fantastic and um, second year I actually did my J1 early because I'm a sailor uh, so you can go out and earn some pretty good book out in Long Island and uh, instructed sailing out there third year and um, my friends were going to Chicago and I decided not to go because I'd already done my J1 and so I actually stayed I think I, I did like a six-week internship more so for the money and than anything else I decided I'd stay earn a bit of bank and then I just went out for a long holiday to Chicago, which was so much fun. Um, and then the following summer, I did stay and do my internships then. I can't even remember what everyone else was doing. I think people were going to Thailand that summer. Um, and obviously I would have preferred to be doing that, but I had, cause I hadn't done like a career internship really in third year. Yeah. It wasn't that I then knew what I wanted to do. I was still quite torn. Um, and sure also when I was in third year in my mind I was like 
well, I'm going to get a traineeship and then I won't even have to intern. But sure, that doesn't always happen. So I decided I really had to sit down and figure out what I wanted to do. And luckily then I got two fantastic internship opportunities and then I was able to figure it out. And after that, like I've still had amazing holidays since working. Um, myself and my college friends have been to Mexico. We're planning a trip to Greece. Um, we're always going off to doing little trips. Um, they don't, it doesn't all end after college, at least. Living some life, it ends somewhere, somewhere between your age and mine. It seems. <laughs> um, so for someone who doesn't know what they want to do, do, do you really feel like do, doing a, a six week or a longer internship in say law gives you an insight into what that's like and vice versa with the, the finance stuff or you know, how can you best get yourself an insight? I think I am such a believer of talking to as many people as you can. Um, because there's only so many internships you can do. So um, I did my corporate finance internship um, and I actually also did a stint in transaction services while I was in there. And I can tell you that when I left, I knew I liked PwC. I, I had spent four weeks in both those departments and still didn't really understand what either of them did yeah. because there's, and I was doing work when I was in there. It's not like I was sitting in a corner not doing anything. But there's only so much you can see as someone who has no idea what's going on going in and then only spending four weeks. So I think internships are really important for the grand scheme of things and for culture. Because you need to know that the company you're going into is a cultural fit for you. And I knew PwC mm -hmm. definitely was when I left because I had a ball in there during the internship. Same with Arthur Cox. Went in, got a really good feel for it. Um, like I know looking back now that I made the right decision for me. And that's because I always have been more numerical than literate um but you know it's it's just like I was doing work where I was reading you you read a lot like it's law like there's lots of words and I was just like would I be able to do this would I be able to be really 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 good at this and do this over and over and over again um and the answer was like maybe if I worked really hard at it but I think I'm naturally more skilled in this area so mm -hmm. it was kind of a simpler decision for me then so what I would say is um do internships to get the idea of the profession and to understand culture but to understand a career and what people do you have to talk to them like you have to go for coffees with people i get a few people sometimes messaging me on linkedin asking if they can just have a chat about what i do so that they can fully understand what it is and also if you do that you are in a much better position when you go to fill out that application form because instead of copying and pasting stuff off that company's website and being like, I really like the culture in PwC because you said that you did some CSOR work and I really like CSOR, you can be like, I spoke with this person. They spoke really passionately about this. I think their job is really interesting because of X, Y, and Z. And straight away to HR, that they're like, that's someone who has looked into this. That's someone who will be really good when they come in. And mm. um, and sorry, I'm not criticizing copying and pasting off the website. I definitely did it when I was doing applications. You can't be really specific for every application you do. But if you're going for a job that you're really, really interested in and you really want to get it, I think talk to a few people. Try talk to as many people as you can because you'll get great insights from them. Yeah, it's actually so funny to think that people do that, though. <laughs> Coffee. <and pasting. laughs> <laughs> like, oh god fair play to them so you go into the of, of pwc then and what team did you go into specific three questions in one what teams you go into specifically uh what kind of options did you have and, and to what extent were you able to choose that team and then you able to give us like a run through the different teams that were on offer to you and like 
kind of like in plain English what they do. So these students listening would be like, ah, okay, now I finally get it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my department's a tiny bit different because um, I sit within a wider practice called deals and to get into deals generally, you have to have interned with them. It's a really small department. So they generally kind of have the internship as their hiring window, but that's different to the rest of PwC. So I might just go over the general picture a bit mm -hmm. quickly. So PwC overall is made up of three departments, which is assurance, advisory, and tax. Um, assurance is the same as kind of, you might've heard audit and other in other big four companies. That's what we call our assurance practice. Um, within that, they have um, asset wealth management and they also have IMDB who would do um, the company accounting and asset and wealth management account, um, sorry, audits funds. So they're both really big practices. They take on loads of interns and associates. And um, I think Raz also sits within there, which is risk. So then they go in and check um, companies' processes and the risk assessment. I think that's what they do. <laughs> um, then, and um, so they take on loads of people. If you're interested in accounting, definitely a place for you. You learn so many technical skills. Um, really big group of young people so obviously really enjoyable great culture in there and um, you obviously have busy season people might have heard of that where a lot of companies have 31 december as a year end and um, so obviously when accounts are going out auditors check the accounts to make sure they're correct so you might be a bit busy around that around that time period but if you're lucky hopefully nine months out of 12 you're not crazy busy mm. obviously you've work to do but you're not you know flat to the mat and then there's tax, PwC an amazing tax practice. Um, it's really strong, it's really well recognized. So they got some really interesting work. Um, I wouldn't know as much about the tax practice, but basically they have loads of different subcategories and um, it's just loads of tax work. <laughs> I know they might do tax on transactions, they might do high net worth individuals. Um, there's loads of, they might do PLC accounting for the then Irish PLCs loads of different work they do. And then getting onto my department. So advisory is made up of consulting and deals. Consulting has, again, loads of sub departments. They might have strategy, they might have PPM, which is like people, um, some of them would, they do a lot of work with like big banks, culture change, and um, loads of interesting work in there. I know a lot of people when they're coming out of courses are always really interested in consulting. Um, and then another part of advisory is deals, which is where I sit. Um, deals is kind of what it says on the tin. It generally works with transactions. Um, so I work in corporate finance. We would generally do, um, part of our work is we do valuations for people. A lot of what we do is we would either help big companies find smaller companies to buy, and then we would help them with that transaction. Or a lot of what we do is we help small companies, might be the shareholders ready to leave, and they want to sell the business on. We help them find bigger companies to buy them and then they help them with that process of being sold. And um, obviously when a company is about to be sold, so for example, let's say we find, we're, we're working with a smaller company and they find someone to buy them. And um, that company is gonna want to check that all of their accounts are right. And that's where transaction services comes in, which is a different department. They will go in and they do all the like, it's almost like forensic financial accounting. Mm -hmm. They'll go into their accounts, make sure everything's good there. And then there's BRS. Um, and what they do is when a company is in difficulty, they'll help out with liquidations and um, receiverships and examinerships. So it's kind of all the three life cycles of a business there in, in one department. But that's kind of that's where I sit. 
that's okay. There's a, there's a, and thank you for doing that and for doing it so concisely as well, because there's so much there. But just in case any student was listening to that and thinking one or two things, A, they all sound the same. If they do, like genuinely do probably go back and listen again and see if you can hear uh, the differences between those services and, and uh, well, functions. And then if any of it sounds like kind of boring accounting stuff to people, just to kind of to put a different spin on it, uh, the tax one, tax is like almost the foundation of the Irish economy these days because of all the tech companies mm -hmm. all moved over there just for ta like it's a huge part of business strategy for any company but for tech companies probably is where the most attention is so that would be like Ireland of all countries is probably the most fascinating country in the world to work in a tax team in a place like PwC. Also PwC has a fantastic tax team and it's really recognized as that so they get really interesting work in, like I have a good few friends that work in tax and they're always working on really interesting pieces of work. And it all goes over my head now. I, but, um, <laughs> it, they're specialized in it, that's the thing. And they're doing their tax exams as well. So sorry, just a quick overview as well for people who might be interested. Um, bar, um, bar, so deals would all do their accounting exams and then everyone else apart from consulting would do their and um, their accountancy exams so most of us are accountants and then tax on top of that do their tax exams hmm. and to have that qualification and to have it supported by pwc to get that study leave all that is such an asset to have and if you have that on your cv like you're you're sorted it, they're they're such impressive qualifications yeah it's a seriously valuable skill isn't it um oh, and it's it's the thing that no, not everyone can pick it up. I think you really, for tax, if you've worked in it, you're going to do so well in it because companies always need tax advisors because a lot you need to have that way of thinking and you have to have been trained in that way. It's not the kind of thing every if a company needed to, you know, they can do their own accounts. They all obviously can't audit them, but they might need a consultant or something. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people can't think in the way tax accountants do. Yeah, yeah, very true. And um, the other two things then of like kind of auditing and fund management and all that sort of stuff, like looking at what funds are doing, auditing funds, auditing companies, seeing where they're investing, where they're losing money, all this sort of stuff. You learn so much about just the business world in general, I think there. So very good training ground for, not like forget about the exams and stuff, just the day-to-day -day work, you're, you're reading some interesting stuff and going through companies' books, which is an incredible opportunity. And then- Absolutely, and sorry, just to, Put in there even some of the work that maybe used to be quite mundane pwc is on like a huge digital transformation at the moment so basically all the work that used to be seen as maybe associate work and that you would have to trail through the books to find this one p one entry or something like that so much of that now is automated which means even being an associate now in a place like pwc there's so many more opportunities to learn real business value skills than maybe 10 years ago and um, because we have so much new technology that helps us go through the accounts and so that you're not doing the same thing over and over again. So you're actually doing stuff that you will get real value out of and learn from. So I think that's such a good, that's what I really value about PwC as well. Yeah. And then the last thing was um, the, yeah, the area you're in, if for whatever reason, it, that sounded like boring and numerical to people as well. I actually think that's like the inverted commas sexiest part of the business because you're helping essentially startups that have done really well get sold. You're helping other companies buy exciting new companies. 
and it's a really good skill set for either staying in PwC and doing that uh, for a long time or going off into like VC, private equity and you know, that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's it might sound uh, when you kind of put it in the practical terms, it might not sound as exciting as what it kind of one step back, what it means, learning all about tax and all of that sort of stuff. Like it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. And, you know, other people will come on and they'll explain their department so much better than I can because it's such a huge company with so many different areas of expertise. Um, so mine was definitely a very brief overview, but everyone's department, everyone speaks really highly about what they do. So I think that's a that's a, a very good indication. That is cool. One thing you said there that's interesting, I remember this might be like putting you on the spot a bit, but um, you talk about like the, the digitization and transformation around how the business uh, conducts itself. What, mm -hmm. like you, and the role was different 10 years ago. How will the role be different in 10 years? Like what direction is it heading, heading in? What kind of new skill sets or new associates needing to take, to take on before going in? This sort of like, what's, you know what I mean? How are the demands on an no, associate? I'm, I'm so glad you asked me this because one of my huge things, as I was saying before the podcast, I love digital. I'm, it's my, it's my thing. I love using all the tools. And the main tools that we brought in recently would be, um, it's like the thing is Excel is Excel, but there's all these new ways to use Excel. So there's Power Query, which is basically a data model you can have underneath your Excel so that you can leverage that to your accounts as opposed to having everything on the surface. Then there's like Power BI and Tablet, which you can use for your visualization. So instead of giving someone a standard report you can give them something dynamic that they can click on and it's exciting and they can change things and it's cool um, and then also there's all tricks and uh, power query can also be used for data cleansing so let's say and um, i do it quite frequently i like to use all tricks to scrape the web to get data and then the thing is it comes in in this dirty html and you're like oh i don't know what to do with this knowing how to use that tool can really help you clean that and then bring it so it actually makes sense by the end. So you have this thing of data that you can use to um, accomplish something. And that's just the data tools. On top of that, what I think is going to make a huge difference is um, I've started writing a lot of app script. I use this to automate emails so I can send people emails all the time. I use it if anyone has seen our Women in Leadership campaign that we did um, a few weeks ago on LinkedIn all of those kind of plaques were made through an app script which I had written that instead of an associate manually copying and pasting everything into a new thing, I had written a script that basically used a template and then constantly made new ones. Um, another thing that we're doing is bots. I'm on the, there's only about 30 of us on a bot pilot in PwC, so I'm learning how to create bots that will do all of those monotonous tasks. And so you don't have to, essentially. So if yeah. you can find someone who has these skills, you can get them to figure out how to do your um how to do your job a lot of the mundane parts of your job for you and um, so everything i know i don't know what's being offered in college now but if you have any opportunity to learn any of these skills take it and go with it because any interview you do everyone knows this is going to become the future like that's why i don't think sorry your question was where will it be in 10 years? I honestly don't know, because what's going to be the big game changer probably isn't invented yet. And mm. um, how I see it is you no longer get a report in a PDF. You get it in what we have is called Workbench. It's going to be like a data platform sharing website that we can give to our clients. And they can just click around on dashboards and play around with things. And it gives them a much better insight um, of how everything works. So. 
where will it be in 10 years I really don't know but like the differences now between when I even started in PwC three years ago and I'm definitely on the bandwagon for this like I I'm very on top of it because I love using the tools I find them so interesting but it's so different and there's PwC are so committed to upskilling everyone at least to a basic level of all of these so that everyone can use them to make their jobs easier and maybe not everyone will be writing like a code to do all of this kind of thing but they'll be able to maybe manipulate it so it can do exactly what they want it to do or you know there's just so much so many really exciting opportunities from these and I just think it'll make everyone's job so much easier and more importantly it'll mean that associates aren't spending time doing all of this monotonous work they're going to be the people saying hmm this transaction looks a bit funny maybe we should look into that as opposed to having to cleanse everything for days I think reviewing is always so much easier than doing and by having associates reviewing more they're going to learn a lot more because they're going to be the people who can pick things out and say, I think this is what we need to look into, or maybe we should question this, as opposed to being in Excel for hours on end, trying to make something that someone else can review. So I think that's, um, I kind of went on a tangent there, but uh, I don't know what it's going to be like in 10 years, but I think the work can only get more interesting. It was one of the most interesting tangents I've heard on this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. For two reasons. One, uh, in my full-time job, I'm actually working in a tool in a company like Alteric. So it's very similar to hear that that's actually cr seeped into the life now of an associate on the deals team and PwC. Like the, I would have thought they were so far removed. And so the space mm. we're in has actually moved. The, 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 the tide has come way further in than I even realized, to be honest. And so the fact that you're using tools like that kind of surprises me in a way. And it has me asking, and I'm going to ask you, do you, does this mean you're now writing like SQL and this sort of stuff on a regular basis? And are you really engaging with data daily rather than as a one-off task? Um, so I wouldn't be. Um, I would use a lot of all tricks to kind of download big files. I like using AppScript, which is basically what we have in PwC because we're, Google is our provider. So it's like an... Uh, you can basically write your own code within Google to make all of the apps speak to each other. Yeah. So that's mainly in Java. Um, but it's something I am so interested in. Like I very much plan on finishing my accounting exams and then upskilling by learning um, ideally SQL and Python. So I think they're the two main yeah. ones you really need to know. Um, but the exciting thing is as well, is once we can learn how we can deal with this data, we can start asking for it. I think there's that kind of seesaw in knowing what data to ask a client for and then knowing if you can actually handle it once it comes in so once we understand our abilities and now the clients a lot of clients now have reams of data which maybe they didn't even have a few years ago because they weren't using this accounting system or they weren't using there's so much software out there now that will basically just store your data for you there's so much more opportunity so i think we're still pwc have come so far in their digital journey but like in essence in the globe like the bigger picture we're probably still scratching the surface because there's just so much that can still be done and um, so it's really exciting yeah that's that, that really is very interesting to me like on yeah on those couple of levels i think a company like bwc because it's so huge we'll always be like we'll never be using these cutting edge like real cutting edge tools because by the time someone like pwc will actually approve the use of them you know because they're dealing with sensitive data and all sorts of stuff 
it will probably no longer be absolutely cutting edge. And I mean absolutely cutting edge. It's usually someone in a basement somewhere has found this thing and they start using it and get their friends. Like that's that's how kind of harsh I'm being with that term. But to mm-hmm. go to someone like B2C and start learning tools like Tableau, Alteryx and everything else you're saying, it's a remarkable head start to get. Like it really, really is. And it makes you so transferable into tech, finance, wherever you want to go, you know? Mm-hmm. I think even the fact they've invested in people learning how to use UiPath developer. Like instead yeah. of just being like, oh, well, we'll just get some, we'll just get some contractor in and you tell him your problem and then he'll just fix it. Instead of being like, okay, we'll get a few people upskilled in this so that they can help everyone else and then they'll understand it. So they'll understand where this problem, where these problems can be fixed. I think that's, it's so impressive and it's so important. It's very like um, internally led um, development. That's remarkable. Do you wish you did this stuff in college? Like probably. Absolutely. So there's a course, um, there's a um elective or whatever it's called in um in VNL called Data Analytics, and there's also one called Business Analytics. And I remember so clearly, like my group project, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, pretty sure we got an A plus. But I remember everyone else was like, I don't get it. Like mm. I just don't get it. And they were getting so frustrated, and I was getting frustrated because I was like, "It's, it's so why, why can't you understand it?" And they're like, "It just doesn't make sense." Yeah. And then I think I've realized since coming in, it's just minds work differently. To me, I like to me writing um, a piece of code. It might take me a while, but it would make more sense to me than writing like a full report. Whereas to other people, they couldn't even fathom. Like my friend always says to me, she's like, "I would rather read a thousand pages of like whatever." then have to write something you have written like it's it's just the way everyone's brain works and everyone's yeah. made differently and i think that's why pwc is nice as well they're definitely focusing on bringing in lots of different thinkers as opposed to one very specific like almost robot thinker like if you cannot do this you cannot do that because the thing is as well like a lot of my job is report writing and i love it and um, but also i find that i have this passion in other areas as well um, and to be given that kind of flexibility within my job to realize that I think is really nice. Yeah. God, it's rem- like you're, you're remarkably enthusiastic about it all. It's very cool. It's very, it's very, very energizing, I have to say. Um, so on that note of like learning skills back in college, just as a segue into our little quick fire questions at the end, is there, and this is actually one I'm catching you off guard with, is there anything oh. you wish you did in college? And you can you could say that skill thing if 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 you want, but just as I'm thinking here, you what you've done here is you've pointed to a world that is very different to what most people expect when they're in college going into that world. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how can we bridge that gap for them? So is there anything that is gonna really, you know, catch them off guard that we can kind of prevent them from being shocked with? Yeah, absolutely. Um I've already said talk to people like a lot of people have a friend's big brother's sister's cousin or someone that works in a place like this it employs so many people it might be exactly in the industry you're interested in by just talking to people and to be honest maybe your dad or your mom's friend is in there talking to them is good like but they're going to be so far removed from what you're doing I'd really recommend trying to talk to someone who has done who's either at like um, associate, assistant manager, manager level. Mm. Um, anyone above that will give you really good advice, but it's just going to be a bit different to maybe what what someone like younger will tell you because they're going to be more doing the job that you'll be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try. I try everything in college. Like I kind of wish that I had done more to do with digital in college for sure. I think I I would have definitely then almost had more to give by the time I came to PwC, and then 
like um could have built on it more but obviously i've been given so many opportunities to completely expand myself that while i've been here um yeah try everything and also just be as social as you can in college like i i think it's just the most important point like the amount of days i might be working late and i need to call my friend on the way home or just something like that or you need the weekends you need to see your friends and look forward yeah. to doing that so it's a bit of a mix of everything but yeah i can try everything if it trust your gut as well if you find something and you think you're good at it believe it don't yeah. put yourself on. nice uh, and then for our actual just quick fires, is there a book that you would recommend people read? Yeah, and so I, now it's been a few years since I read it, but I've said to so many people to read it. I Am Pilgrim is one of the best written books I've ever read. There's so many storylines in it, but it's so cohesive and it comes together so nicely. Don't get put off by the size of it. I'm not a massive reader and I was able to get through it. So pick it up when you have time, put it down. It's so well written you'll remember what's happening. It really is fantastic. Um, I'm not one to come on and start preaching about reading some business strategy book. Um, I think if you're working hard enough in the day job and if, if you want to go home and you don't want to read about company structure, that's okay. Enjoy a bit of fiction and sit down with a cup of tea and a bit of chocolate. That's yeah, okay. Very refreshing to hear. And they've, <laughs> they've heard me say that plenty of times. Like, I think it's a really important message. Oh, you just get burned out and bored. Um, mm -hmm. Is there a quote that you live by? Um, I love the quote. Um, well, it's not exactly a quote, but it's more like a saying, like sometimes thriving, sometimes surviving. And I think everyone's felt it this year. Like there are days I am on top of the world. I have done my whole to-do list on my to-do list for the week. I'm feeling awesome. I've submitted that, I've gotten good feedback. And someday someone sends something back to you and they're like, loads of common notes. It's raining outside, you feel shit. And just accept that you feel shit that day. Like it's that day you're then like, no, I need to feel amazing every day. Mm. Like you can't, no one can. So I think just let yourself, just always think like tomorrow will be better. And it always is. So yeah, I'm a real like sometimes I'm conquering the world and sometimes I'm not, and that's fine. <laughs> no one can be perfect 24-7. <laughs> yeah, love it. And then any bit of advice or like best bit of advice you've ever been given? Um, this is so funny because the person I'm about to quote will not know that I was even like tuned in <laughs> when he, he was saying it. But my partner actually said it a few months ago and for some reason it stuck with me. I was like explaining something to him and we were like, okay, well, what about this? And what about this? No, we won't do it because of that. And he was like, wait, or just don't let the perfect get in the way of the good because we were spending way too much time instead of just building like a minimum viable product which i now always do i always get the basics right and then build on it from there we were trying to think of end user experience and when you think of end user experience it should be in your mindset but like you're not going to get that on your first try you're not going to get the perfect product on your first try yeah and you have to just get the basics right and if it makes sense it'll work and if it doesn't make sense, then leave it like early on then, like just think about it, but you don't have to make it perfect. You just have to make it usable. And so I think that was really good advice because sometimes I definitely overthink and want everything to be completely perfect first try when it can't always be. The old, uh, the, the old downside of being a planner, I think that's <laughs> yeah. the package. So I hear, I have no idea what it's like to be a planner. <laughs> that, that, that's what I hear. Uh, well, listen, yeah, thanks a million. That was very refreshing, like really, really informative. And I think people are going to get a ton out of it. So thank you. Thanks, Morgan. No, I was delighted to be on it. Thanks so much. And hopefully people did find it helpful.
they they definitely will. I think they're gonna uh, find some new skills to go digging for as well. Yeah, hopefully.